Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the continuation of our two-parter. It is called Stranger Things and the Mental Health Implications Therein. It's a longer title than that, but that's basically the gist. Go on back and listen to part one, and then you can continue on here to part two. Let's continue. Um, But then, yeah, I realized that I had a little bit of this ability and I wanted to develop it because I think it's what gave me sort of an emotional intelligence and an awareness that other kids didn't have. And so I feel like I feel like everybody has it if you attune to it. Mm -hmm. And so the show kind of resonates with me in that regard, because I do feel like it's it's just something you have and something you are, but mm-hmm. really it's something that we all have and develop. And that's why it's neat to see that program where kids have it at different way in different strengths and different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only bad part about that program is, you know, they take them away from their parents, but well, yeah. of course, yeah, no, that's awful. <laughs> but no, of the, course. the thing that I liked about the season too, is that, you know, Levin lost her powers and he was explaining it to her. Like when someone has a stroke, part of their brain just turns itself off or disconnects and you have to work to get it back. And it's kind of like with being an empath, some your brain might decide you don't want to be that way for some reason. And it kind of suppresses those things. But if you open yourself up to it, that's exactly you it. Can develop it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like uh, the upside down, um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's kind of like a parallel dimension. It's kind of like a thing. I have something written here, but let's speculate on what the upside down is, and then I'll go into what I what yeah. I read. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. What do you think the upside down is, and and how does it work? Is it an alternate dimension? What is that? Mm-hmm. Think? I think it's probably an alternate dimension that mm-hmm. kind of developed, like as Hawkins developed, it developed in a mirrored way, so it has the same structure, the same layout. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because like Dustin talked about, you know, I think it's been around for thousands or millions of years. And yeah. that was an interesting thing I never really thought about. Like, well, you just that, kind of assume it's like a, a newish, a new phenomenon, yeah. but maybe it's a phenomenon mm-hmm. that's always existed. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is maybe it's always existed and we just didn't have a way to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I read here, um, let's see here. So here's an art- article from. The Nerdist, Nerdist Nerdist.com, says Stranger Things Upside Down has always existed without explanation. Not until season four did any character even consider how old it is, let Mm -hmm. alone how or why it's there at all. Yeah. Uh, That hasn't been a problem, though. Um, The mere presence of an evil parallel dimension, a place full of monsters that stands as a dark mirror to the real world, was enough for the horror series to tell a compelling story. But Stranger Things... Fourth, seventh episode changed everything we know about the Sinister Realm. The truth about Vecna's origins provided new insight into what the Upside Down really is, and the revelation gave the show an emotional depth that transformed both the terror and beauty of what the series is really about. Uh, Eleven did not merely defeat one, she sent him to the Upside Down. Her attack was powerful enough to open a doorway between worlds that had not existed. And once that evil dimension had Henry Creel in its grasp, it turned him into the twisted Vecna. But as sordid and entertaining as one's own tale is, the specifics of his life, um, how Eleven banished him to another plane, and what happened to him there tell a far more important story. These revelations finally reveal 
what the Upside Down really is and where it came from. Us. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The mysterious Hawkins lab orderly told Eleven she could unleash her powers the way one did. She needed to find strength in a memory by remembering something that made her sad but also angry. That's exactly what she did when she found herself at one's mercy. Eleven thought of her screaming mother being pulled away from her. The rage, hurt, and agony of that moment of being denied her mother's love was so intense it connected Eleven to the upside down. It took the very worst moment of her life to open a pathway to the world's dark parallel. What happened to one inside that monstrous dimension also shows what the upside down truly is. Unlike Barb, Billy, or any other person who found themselves consumed by that plane, one uh, one did not become its victim. He did not attack him. Henry Keel, an evil man who loved no one, someone with the darkest of souls and a heart full of hatred, became the upside-down soldier. The upside-down is a hive mind, and Henry had the same warped mind. And yet, his transformation did not entirely cut him off from the real world. As Vecta, he can find his way back there using the same emotional connection. Eleven did to send him to the upside down. Uh, Vecna enters his target's minds via their own terrible past. People like Chrissy, Fred, Nancy, and Max, those who who were burdened tremendous personal pain, are vulnerable to Vecna's curse because his curse is pain. From Eleven's opening of that portal to Henry Krill's transformation to Vecna's killing spree, the Upside Down can only be assessed by the most painful emotions, or be accessed by the most painful emotions. Everything about that realm is defined by human suffering, and therein lies the answer not only to Dustin's question about its age, but the question of what it is. The Upside Down is defined by pain because that's what created it. The dark realm that physically mirrors the real world but without any of its light or love. It's the physical manifestation of human suffering. It's been around as long as people have felt anger, guilt, remorse, sadness, rage, and even other painful emotions, and every other painful emotion. It's home to all of the things that pull at our soul and keep us in darkness. That's why it became Henry Creel's, Creel's domain. He is evil, and his father, Victor, said, all evil must have a home. Knowing humanly, knowing humanity created the upside down, even unintentionally, is far more terrifying than the, the place merely existing on its own for being the creation of some supernatural entity. The upside down was always there and will always be there so long as we must watch our loved ones die and suffer. The monsters who dwell, the ones uh, that want to rob us of our lives, they're our monsters. The ones we create every time we hurt someone, and create more heartache in the world. That sinister world mirrors our ours because it's a reflection of the darkness we feel in our bleakest moments and greatest feelings. The Upside Down is not an inhuman world as we've always thought. It's a world made by humanity at its worst. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a bleak development even for a horror show like Stranger Things. Living with sadness and anger is hard enough without thinking those feelings have manifested into physical entities. And yet this development also comes with great hope. There cannot be light without darkness, nor pain without joy. We would not feel guilt like Max or experience grief like Nancy if we did not also feel love. And that's why this revelation 
about the Upside Down has also added a new emotional resonance to the series, which Stranger Things 4 itself explored even before we saw Eleven vanquish one and learn what that terrible place really is. Anyways, it goes on. But, mm-hmm. but that's that's basically the summary of, of it. I don't want to get into the whole article. Yeah, it was a really good article. I... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what's neat about it is that um, for whatever reason, um, I've always sort of um, been fascinated by the possibility of multiple uh, dimensions or mirror universes, not necessarily the multiverse, because mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. That That's something else. That's just showing that uh, we live on an XY axis and that there might be other axes that yeah. also live within the framework of time and space. So if we're living on XY, that just means A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, all the way to Z, yeah. all have a different access, axis, if you will. That just means that we might all live in time and space on a different perceptual axis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this here... Is something different. It's something that was created through our uh, energy, our collective energy, our collective ooze. Kind of think about yeah. Ghostbusters too. The yeah, pink slime, so, right? Yeah, was created it's, by all the mm-hmm. hate that we created, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what this is too, in that sense. Um, now, whether or not there's validity in that or not, um, when you talk about it in the paranormal terms, automatically I think of like. Um, you know, like uh, poltergeists and such, but the poltergeist with the definition where people manifest entities from their own anxieties. Yeah. This is just a whole universe manifesting because of the anger and the anxiety and the hurt and the pain. And Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And not even a universe, just another plane. Yeah, an alternate existence. plane of existence. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I do believe it exists in our world. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting to me. Cause like I said, um, that's why even when I was a kid, um, I, I, I experimented with drugs. Uh, I'm not saying you should go that route. Definitely not. I don't do it now. Um, but I'm at a point in my life where, um, when I tried certain substances, I got, I peeked behind the curtain, if you will, to the possibility of, um, other entities and other worlds. And while that might just be a manifestation of our psychological demons or our psychological fears manifesting as external tormentors, kind of like with sleep paralysis, where a lot of people think they're experiencing some external tormentor. I get sleep paralysis, but I've never experienced the external tormentor before. And I think what happens is, is our mind is always trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense to us. And so if something's going on in our mind or in our body or while we're asleep or unconscious, I think that what we're trying to do, like when we have sleep paralysis is, oh, something is trying to get us because I can't move. It kind of gives you that sense of urgency that something's trying to harm us. Um, But I never had the external tormentor. So from my perspective, it could be that when we're on drugs or certain situations i hear people who have um uh, 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 certain mental health conditions like schizophrenia think that there's jesters or demons or devils and things um that may or may not even be there and so it kind of asks the question that chicken or the egg question of do drugs allow us to see what's there 
or is it manifesting what's there? It, is it yeah. just revealing what's always been there and we just can't fake? see it? Yeah. An mm-hmm. alternate dimension, perhaps yeah. a demon world or a spirit realm um, or the ether. Maybe there's just a ether out there where ghosts exist and demons exist and all these critters exist, paral- paranormal entities, or we're just manifesting them because our brain is yeah. kind of trying to make sense mm-hmm. of things that don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the fear cage thing in in paranormal stuff. Like, is that electricity creating these things you're seeing, or is it allowing them to manifest themselves? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And which came first, the chicken Mm -hmm. or the egg? Yeah, and that's the thing. And, you know, we just came upon a a channel on YouTube, and I'm not going to tell it to you because I don't think he's got it all right, although I think he's doing okay work. But this kid is doing a YouTube channel, and he's fascinated in the things I'm fascinated in, which is... Wondering if whether or not there's an alternate world out there. You know, I've had two or three experiences in my life where I felt this profound feeling that this isn't the only world, that there's another world out there and that you had to either be dying or you had to be on some drugs or you had to be in some altered state of fear or panic or something that would put you in this place where you could see things that are always there, but you don't know it until you're in a certain state of mind. Mm-hmm. That could be like tweakers who say they experience shadow figures after several days of being awake. Now, is that just something that the DMT or some chemical in their brain is creating, making in their sense of paranoia? Hallucination. And they're starting to hallucinate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is there really something there? Now, I told you the other night, because we were talking about this, this you okay, so this YouTube channel, I don't want to give him credit because I don't I don't think he's entirely right. Yeah, we haven't watched him enough to to, to really yeah, I don't want to endorse him yet because I don't really yeah. quite know. It seems like he's coming from the Christian point of view that anybody who does drugs, anybody who's an alcoholic is literally being infested by a demon. Mm-hmm. And he's got this sort of biblical Bible thumping yeah. kind of quality to it. And I, I just, it's not to say that, you know, because that's the thing is like, and I'm not trying to bash religion here. I, hear me out. I just think that um, the, what if demons always existed and the Bible is just to try to, is a way to try to explain what's always been there. And so when we see it again, whether we're religious or not, we see, oh, this world exists. Because when I was a kid, I remember smoking out of, we're smoking some pot, you know, full disclosure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I smoked out of this plastic pipe that my friend made out of resin. Now, he didn't, he never tried it. He didn't know it was an accident. But he, I ingested some plastic in that hit and I passed out. And they couldn't wake me. And they're slapping me. Hey, Brian, Brian. I could hear them. I was far away. I could. I think what it did is it cut off the oxygen to my mm-hmm. brain. And, and over time, my brain, I could still breathe, you know. And it was just taking a second for that to go away in order for me to see. But while it was happening, I felt like I was falling downward into the recliner, below the recliner. And I was going to some place. And I was falling. And while I was, I wasn't literally falling, but I felt like I was sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. And as I was doing such, 
I heard cries of hell. I heard like it sounded like hell. Now I was a good kid. I should not have to worry <laughs> about hell as a right? as a seventeen yeah. year old kid. But but I wonder what that was. Does our brain try to make sense? Maybe maybe what I was hearing was them screaming at me to wake up. But I heard it mm-hmm. as cries from hell, right? And it was yeah. spooky. And it felt so real. But then when I came to, I was just like, oh, what was that? And then uh, there's been other times where I've seen shadow creatures when I experimented with hallucinogens. And uh, I had tried uh, other things. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not saying we should do it. I was a kid, you know. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't do it now. I haven't done it in, you know, years and years, decades even. Um, <clears throat> but but it But it does kind of expose this possibility of maybe there is an altered alternate dimension and it takes us going into an altered state to get there and so i don't know i believe if i were to assign a number i would say it's 70 percent not real and 30 percent real and so but but i don't know because we don't know what we don't know because i have like i said i had an experience once where i felt like i was rising out of my body into this what what felt like an ether and i felt like if i kept going i would have just exited my bedroom and kept on going Mm -hmm. and was that me dying i don't think so because i was conscious of it and it happened during an episode of uh, sleep paralysis and so i tried playing with it and then when i saw myself down there i got scared and instantly i was back in my body now was that one big hallucination it could have been i don't know yeah, and that's but, the thing. We don't know. There's yeah. not really any way to know at this point. Well, um, and, and the thing is, is while I am a spiritual agnostic, spiritual atheist, it's not out of disrespect towards religion. Maybe religion is trying to explain things that other people experience and they don't know how to put it into words. And then it just kind of turns into this big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just I love the possibility and the idea that we could live amongst this other dimension or this other world. What do you think about it's that? It's pretty fascinating. And yeah, it like it we both mentioned it's the whole chicken or the egg thing, like which is which is first and which is causing which. And it's yeah. just it's so fascinating to think about. And I've never experienced anything like that, so I really have no frame of reference. Well, it's like people who uh go on DMT, you know? So I, I, I remember hearing um, from Joe Rogan <clears throat> when he tried DMT that he said that it felt like you were in this altered state in this different dimension and that in that dim- dimension there were um, characters in it, people surrounding you. Mm-hmm. And, and it was hard to explain. Um, and so I looked it up here and I wanted to talk about the mental health risk. It says DMT can produce very unpredictable and sometimes very frightening effects which feed off a person's imagination. If panic sets in, the experience can be scary and confusing. Taking a hallucinogen like DMT can lead to flashbacks. Um, can it be especially serious for someone with a history of mental health problems? It could trigger a problem for someone who didn't know they had a predisposition to mental health problems. Uh, can lead to user harming him or herself if the trip goes bad. Can lead to unpleasant and emotional effects that could last for days after taking it. Um, and, and so, of course, then there's also risk because if it's not pure, et cetera. Well, yeah. but, but I wanted to, you know, talk on that because um, 
I've experienced enough with hallucinogens and, and with uh, other things where I feel like I'm not an expert at all, but I feel like I know just enough to know that there might be something on the other side. And that's not necessarily the afterlife, but, but there might be an ether world out there, an energetic world. And that's where I try to break it down into physical and energy. What is the universe made up of? We know that the universe is made up of stuff. And not stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And the the stuff is usually matter, whether it be carbon or whatever. And then the the not stuff is usually made up of energy and Mm -hmm. um, light, which is energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else? I mean, uh, you know, uh, dark matter and dark energy, if you will. Which is the structure that makes up the universe. It's Mm -hmm. almost like the building blocks to place things upon. Yeah. All the things we can't see. Yeah, you can feel in different ways or right. sense or. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, that's what's so fascinating. And that's why I think Stranger Things works on so many levels, because it works on the empath level, the telekinesis, the, the, the feeling other people's vibes and feelings. And because we are matter and energy, the reason why we consent to each other is because we're pre-programmed for fight or flight. And so mm-hmm. what happens is, is as an, as an empath or an intuitive, whatever you want to call it, I do believe most people have it. It's just that we attune to it or we, or we, or, or we tune out of it. Yeah. So based on who we are and our personality and our, and what kind of situation you're in, you're going to either you're... gravitate towards it like I did, yeah. mm-hmm. or you're going to gravitate away from it because it scares you. Mm-hmm. So, or, or, or you don't want to believe in such things, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, that's, I think being an empath and a little having a little bit of psychic powers when I was a kid attuned me to this possibility of other things. What's out there? And so when I had that weird, you know, kind of um, out of body experience, if you will, it made me think about the possibility of there being an ether. And so then when we started getting into the paranormal, I started thinking about, well, what if the ghost world is just that? It's just the energy world. Here's the Mm -hmm. physical world, the corporeal world, and here's the energy world. And they're kind of separate. And they, and there's like, just like stranger things, there's a membrane to get back Mm -hmm. and forth to it. You know, because I do believe that our energy, our soul, our consciousness is tethered to our physical body. And when you go on a really trippy trip, you're tethered to that body. And if you go out too far, if it gets severed, that tether, Guess what? You might not get you might back. Not come back, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's all weird. It's and so weird to think shit. about. Yeah, yeah. It is. But it's it's fun and fascinating to think about. And absolutely not not something I'm going to go out and try to take something to experience it. No, no. Well, I'm see, past that I wouldn't and, now because I yeah. don't. I, I'm I'm just too like I I don't if I don't trust people enough. I don't mm-hmm. know what this shit's cut with. I'm not. But if people do it, I will absolutely listen to their stories and, sure. and think about it and ponder yeah. the possibilities of it. And yeah, I don't think I would do it now because I'm getting too old for that shit. But um, but yeah, I was I was you know I was one of those cosmic trippers. I wanted to know not just I didn't want to just believe in God. I wanted to know whether or not God existed. I wanted to know what this universe is. I wanted to know what it means to be human. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's where most of my um, Still, still to this day, most of my um, emotional and uh, 
you know, academic intellect comes from this place of wanting to know what, why are we here? Why is it that we're here? What, how can we maximize being here? And where do we come from? And, and, and is there more than this? Is there something else? Is there an afterlife? Yeah. Is there a spirit realm? Is there a further? Is there whatever you want to apply to the ether? Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to know because, you know, the truth is, I think when when you're born like different or weird or nerdy or gawky or awkward or anything, that's who we represent. Uh, yeah. You, the you know, when you're not dealt a good hand in life, you you tend to teeter into an other world. And so mm-hmm. the problem is, is that some people decide to live in that altered state, whether it be from drugs or alcohol. And, and the problem is, is that a lot of times um, their thinking gets in, they get into what's called magical thinking. And, and uh, we'll kind of do this quickly and then we'll kind of veer back into Stranger Things. But real quickly, I wanted to talk about the detriment of magical thinking because, I mean, fantasy is great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you talk, you know, like the 80s was always worried about satanic panic. They were worried about uh, people uh, doing satanic shit and, and weird cult behaviors and mentalities. And then, um, you know, like uh, the songs, lyrics, Tipper and Gore yeah. and the worry mm-hmm. that we were going to lead kids into temptation and all this. Yeah. Now, I understand that in a general sense, you know, but but. I grew up on heavy metal. It never made me strange, you know? Yeah. No. And and like anything, if someone is just wired to take things weird or be like that, they can blame it on anything. He heard this yeah. lyric. He saw this movie. He oh, saw it was a video this. game. Oh, it was this. And, and that's one person influence. out of a million. Yeah. Or- well, and I do believe that kids are uh, susceptible to influence. But that being said, how is that any different than anything else? Yeah. You know, it's like they say weed is a gateway to harder drugs. Well, if that's the truth, then life is a gateway drug into drugs because people want to escape it. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're going to make the world this shitty, then guess what? Mm-hmm. People are going to want to escape it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and the only thing I was going to say about that is, is because it's not about being preachy. You know, the thing about that Netflix or that Netflix, that YouTube guy that bothered me was that he, he, it felt like he was coming from this kind of religious Christian preachy place that mm-hmm. we're not allowed to experiment with drugs. We're not allowed to experiment with alcohol. If you do so, you're opening your life up to demons. And if you do that, the, the demons are going to take control of you and you're going to end up with schizophrenia forever. It just felt like he was yeah. coming from this goody two shoe point of view. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was fascinated in the subject matter because he did, he did like a long interview with the schizophrenic to go into the details. And I mm-hmm. find that fascinating. And, yeah. and um, you know, it's not that I'm not trying to be like, like I'm not trying to say anything negative about religion here, but it was just to me, he was coming from an angle. And if he had just came from a scientific point of view or from a realistic point of, point of view, yeah. a curiosity point of view, but it felt like he slant. was coming from this, you know, God is my savior point of view. And it just came off very, I don't know, rehearsed or mm-hmm. preaching. Yeah, it, mm-hmm, I was getting that vibe from it, but I also would like to watch some more of his stuff just to kind of, just to see keep that part out of it and just see where the other stuff. goes. If we to. can ignore that aspect mm-hmm. of it, let's see where he yeah. ended up. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, 
yes, I do believe in a general sense that drugs and alcohol can lead you to temptation, can lead you to demons, or but are they real demons or are they internal demons? And he was trying to suggest that they're actual demons. And so that's where I wanted to kind of nip this um, situation in the in the bud, if you will, because at the end of the day, being an empath is not about magical thinking. It's about picking up on intentions, energy, and vibes. No more, no less. You don't have to live your life around it if you don't, if you so mm-hmm. don't choose. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can close it off. You can You can close it off. You can ignore it. You don't have to go into it. It's just like it's like Wicca. If you, you can lean into our understanding of the universe and nature and lean into the psychic powers and the healing powers and the magic, if you will, of Wicca, or you can ignore it. And that's the same with thing with being an uh, an an empath is that you can use it to your advantage and you can learn to hone it and get better at it. And that might over time develop into a lifestyle and that's fine. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I myself, I don't let it define me. I don't make it turn me into like this spiritualist with crystals and all the the nine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if that's what others do to to celebrate it or to to practice it, fine, whatever. But my point is, is that magical thinking, you know, let me just ask you, where do you think we can draw the line between magical thinking and reality? Because that's what, that's what, you know, I got me into being an atheist is this, uh, I needed real solutions of, of not believing in demons so that it because it was re- really that my Christianity was fucking up my mental health, mm-hmm. believing that my grandparents who had passed away were watching me masturbate, that <laughs> right. that they're watching me shower. I was dealing with grief and, and feeling like I could contact them at any point. And while I think there's a certain amount of harmlessness to that, at the same time, when you're susceptible to magical thinking, um where do you draw the line is it can, it can fuck yeah. up your mental health. Can, and that's my only concern. It's not that I'm trying to poo poo on spiritualists or Wiccans or people who believe in magical things because may, perhaps energy is intention. And if energy is intention, that means that perhaps we could harness our energy to be used for various things, whether it be picking up on vibes, picking up on energy, uh, influencing people like voodoo or, or perhaps telekinesis. So I'm not entirely saying that it's not real. What I'm saying is, though, is that when we open our mind to the magical thinking is when we also can open ourselves into an entire mindset that can ruin our mental health. You want to speak on that a little bit? Sometimes I think you need a little bit of some type of magical thinking just to mm-hmm. get through life, obviously, because it's a shit show. I agree. So, you know, but so then you draw the line. But, yeah. Well, because then yeah. when you were talking about religion, like I just makes me think of that. We rode down that street last night and these people had these signs up like repent and after death is judgment and this and that. And yeah, I think that kind of magical thinking is so harmful. Like every little thing you do, you're supposed to feel guilty for. You're supposed to repent for. You're right, supposed to right. pick apart with a fine tooth comb and make sure you're doing everything perfect. And you can't do anything well, bad. And I think that is. That's, unhealthy. that's what slowly led me out of Christianity. And I'm not a hater of what it represents in general. Mm-hmm. But when it comes love to and light, to, terrific. Yeah, yeah. But I see so many people practicing it without that love and light. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes down to making yourself feel guilty for every little thing that you do or feeling or that like we're born broken. Yeah. When I yeah. see a baby, I don't see a sinner or a broken yeah. soul. I see 
a work in progress. I see a potential for greatness. Yeah. Not yeah. the opposite. Yeah. And I it think almost feels like they do that so that you depend on them. Like, oh, 100%. It's control. Oh, you're born broken, and we've we can got fix the you. final piece to make you whole. Sounds familiar. I, I alone can fix it. I alone can fix it. Right. And that's yeah. the problem with I have with religion. It's not because, in general, people going to church, getting faith and hope out of that, believing in the afterlife, believing they can contact their loved ones beyond. I'm okay with all that. My only problem with religion, if I'm being honest, is when it starts going into darker or hypocritical territory yeah. or starts or Trojan horsing other agendas mm-hmm. that are that are not that are wicked, that are yeah. the opposite of what religion ought to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's not always that. Yeah. I'm not trying to say it is. No, it's not. Not at all. Yeah. But, but yeah, it can become that. And it can right. be that for a lot of people. And well, yeah. When I see the representatives of Jesus and God that are all homophobes, that are all hateful, that are all yelling at the grocery store, mm-hmm. that are acting like fools. I'm like, how in the fuck are you God's disciple? Yeah. Uh, you're the chosen ones. You're mm-hmm. the chosen one? No. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's, there's yeah, too yeah. Much and so it's not about disrespecting religion in its purest form, what it represents, who it represents, what it's about. Those things, I believe, are good in a basic general sense, my only problem is, like I said, the, the more harmful aspects, but then also the magical thinking can lead you to other magical thinking, and pretty soon you're giving yourself mental health problems because now you believe your grandparents are watching you masturbate. Now you're, you're living in sh- constant shame and guilt yes. and fear yeah. of some supernatural um, going to hell. Mm-hmm. Some you're going to pay for your sins. You're going to pay for every little mistake you made. Yeah. Talk Which to kind of bring it back to Stranger Things, that's kind of that's what they're saying helped create the upside down is yeah. all of those feelings that are yeah. human. But you, yeah, to put yourself in a situation where you're made to feel that way every day, you're made to feel broken, you're made to feel unhealthy, you're made to feel like everything you do is wrong, you're made to feel sinful. Like that is not. It's not healthy. normal and it's not healthy. No, yeah. it's not. And, you know, and that's what I mean when I challenge Christians. It's not to be disrespectful. Um, if people want to continue practicing religion the right way, I'm all for it. Because, you know, we need good people in this world. We need carers, lovers, and healers. But if it's turning you into some Fox News whack job, some angry militant with a rifle in his hand that wants to shoot down gays and blacks, Excuse me, you've got it twisted, dude. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. And it's not, you know, like I said, this show is for everyone. This show is for every race, every creed, every religion, every political affiliation. We are a judgment-free zone. Do I have my personal opinions on the worst sides of re- the Republican Party? Yes. Do I have my opinions about the worst traits of Christianity? Of course. But but we are here to be an all-inclusive thoughtful show that's emotionally intelligent and emotionally impactful but we're going to talk about these things there's Mm -hmm. there are no there is no such thing as there's no off limits we want people to be mindful about what they're doing if you're involved in christianity then know all aspects of it and be mindful of what's happening and what you're doing and right who you're following and what you know, what kind of behaviors you want to model or. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's my only real, I just wanted to kind of side note that because um, 
we have a friend who's Wiccan. Um, she believes she has a ghost in her house. And um, she is a wonderful human being. She's loving and kind. Um, but, um, you know, I worry sometimes because um, I'm worried always with anybody who has a psychic link to something spiritual or to the other side that it's going to encapsulate them and take over and perhaps open them up or make them susceptible to belief systems or, or energies or something that's going to fuck up their mental health over time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my but, only yeah, concern. But her in particular, she knows where yes, she needs course. to close I'm just using her yeah, as an example. No, exactly. Right, but, right. And that's with her. She knows when to close things off and she knows when to shut down connections and, yeah, exactly. and tell things to leave her alone. Well, that's why I, I respect and, her so much because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, she knows how to close a ceremony or ritual. Yeah. She knows how to cleanse. She knows mm-hmm. when she's uh, you know, opening up to a psychic attack or yeah. opening up to an entity that she shouldn't. Mm-hmm. She knows where the line is of decency and she doesn't let it screw up her mental health. But imagine if she, yeah. with her abilities was a young person who didn't know this realm, didn't know it, got sort of glamoured into it. And the thing is, is like, um, you know, I don't necessarily believe in actual demons. Like I said, I, I give it a 30% chance of probability. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a soft disbeliever. We'll put mm-hmm. it on my scale. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not a, you know, these belief systems, whether they get you through life or they fascinate you, that's fine. That's what life's all about. It's about experimenting with what works for you. Um, like I said, it's not about judging or ridiculing. It's about, frankly, people who believe in untrue things tend to believe in more untrue things and tend to vote for untrue things and tend to hold a lot of... Water for untrue things, and where that can go to its inevitable conclusion can only go bad for mm-hmm. the world, if you will. That's like yeah. why, like Trump supporters, you know, we're watching this hearing right now about what happened, and these people believed that the whole election was a farce because of Trump and his fucking lies. Mm-hmm. And when you get in that cult-like mentality, that that all Democrats are evil, that all liberals are satanic, and blah, 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 blah. They get into this mindset, and that's the problem with sometimes certain beliefs in religion, is that they they try to make the other side, the enemy, uh, out to be something much worse than you are, so that they can pull you in. And then once they got you, they can fucking, like a cult, brainwash you and feed Mm -hmm. you any information they want and that's why it really was the trump cult was a cult and it and it had disastrous results and i just don't understand how people are susceptible to that it's so weird to me yeah and it's still still and how they can play on people's goodness too yeah they can play on your christianity they can play on your uh, work ethic they can play Mm -hmm. on you being a good working hardworking, patriotic American, and then they can say, well, see them over there. They're not hardworking. The liberals, they don't like to work. They're not hard workers. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you need to come with us. We got to save this country. And then pretty soon it turns into, and we got an episode coming out on all this, so I don't want to give away too much. I'm going to talk about the politics of hate and toxic hate culture, and we're going to go into that next episode. But but I just, you know, I I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like Mental health um, really does 
hinge on this understanding of what's real. And when you don't know what's real, uh, getting around the wrong kind of people with the wrong kind of beliefs and attitudes can 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 fuck up your mind for a good long time. Mm-hmm. That it can. What would be your advice to someone who's perhaps you know because like we uh, helped a, a, a dear friend uh, get out of uh, well we didn't help her herself but she's getting on with her life after a dangerous religious cult and now she's trying to live her life. She there was some sexual abuse. There was some odd thinking there and now that she's it's kind of like if you were the survivor of um waco texas the whole um david koresh thing there say you were a survivor of that and you moved on with your life and you went to school and you got a job and now you're trying to live with this idea that oh my god everything i grew up to believe was all just this narcissistic sociopath brainwashing me into this cult so that he could have Mm -hmm. sex with minors holy shit yeah it would traumatize you, yeah. and you wouldn't necessarily know what reality is because you were only schooled to know what was important to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, no, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. It would just be mm-hmm. mentally exhausting for one. It would be so hard to just know where to go and what to do and who to trust. And yeah, I don't even know. I mean, just. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because it felt like uh, this show, not only our show, but the show Stranger Things, uh, deals a lot with grief and hardship and the supernatural. And I just thought, what a perfect time to sort of just Mm -hmm. caution people to be above the influence, you guys, to understand that there's going to be people out there that believe crazy shit. and, And we're not trying to be disrespectful of others' cultural beliefs or others' religious beliefs. Just that sometimes when they go too far, when they start going into zealot territory, uh, they got you by the balls and now you're in a cult and oops, Daisy, I just yeah. cut my balls off and now I'm waiting for the comet to pick me up in the spacecraft. Yeah, which absolutely <laughs> brings us straight back to Stranger Things because right. Henry Creel, he was a hateful person. He hated humanity. He right. hated people. He hated everything they stood for. and. He was trying to recruit Eleven because she was as powerful as him yeah. to mold the world mm-hmm. how they wanted it to be. Can and- I have an admission? Mm-hmm. You know what made uh, Henry Creel's character so interesting to me? Is that I actually agreed with a portion oh, of what absolutely. he said. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Which, which any good evil character mm-hmm. like Thanos, yeah, they have you to agree some with some little small portion. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there sure. are too many people. Yeah, there are too mm-hmm. many mouths to feed. Oh, my God, I, mm-hmm. I'm agreeing with Thanos. Yeah. In this sense, I, you know, I hate to admit it, but uh, I grew up as sort of like I didn't understand why we had to grow up with all these rules and all this conformity and all these um, inane fucking ways to control us. Mm -hmm. Like, I just felt like, I mean, everybody knows and we've talked about this before that everyone in order to have a healthy, balanced life has to have good mental health, good physical health. Good emotional health and 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 routine and, and 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 lawful good thoughts and lawful good behaviors. You can't get into a cult and expect good results. Garbage mm-hmm. in, garbage out. When you get yeah. into bad shit, bad shit is probably going to end up thrust upon you. Yeah, and I think the way they did that was really really smart because yeah, when he's talking. You can agree with some of the things like, he's yes, saying, yes. But the fact that we came he, to different, we we agreed, but then we came to different conclusions. Yeah, because in that scene, 
He killed the guards. Okay, that makes sense. They're trying to, They're trying to control him. They're trying to hurt him. The cattle prod the and The orderlies, yeah. same thing. But then when he killed all the other children... Yeah, that was where like, I crossed the line whoa. because they were just they were they just, were just kids they were they prisoners were... like everyone else exactly just like he even admitted we're yeah. all prisoners here yeah. even the guards even the mm-hmm. like if we're all like I understand you got to get rid of the guards who are trying to keep you there the doctors the nurses the guards but why would you get kill the kids exactly and yeah, that's when, where he crossed the line that was where he became an unsympathetic character that, that, when he did that. that kind of reminded me of the rise of Skywalker when when um. You know. <laughs> yeah, Kylo Ren. Yeah, when Kylo Ren was like, rule with me. And mm-hmm. she's like, I would love to, but I have a feeling you're not all there. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's that's where the, the characters become evil. You can agree with them up to a point, but then they cross that line. They cross a line they that we just can't go. The villain. That yeah. line of decency, mm-hmm. knowing where the line is, right. And I think that was Eleven's thing. She looked around and saw all of her fellow kids just dead on the floor like, why would he kill these kids? and why what, would i want to do that and why would i want to follow a guy who has no respect for humanity mm-hmm. yeah he, and that's the thing is like he confused humanity and the mechanics of life as being one humanity society must mean humanity. society's yeah. ills yeah. clocks conformity all mm-hmm. this that's humanity. Therefore, humanity must be evil. Therefore, I must be the opposite to challenge yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, no, no. Humanity is humanity. Just because That's humans societal. don't get it right doesn't yeah. mean that humanity doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like me with saying, <clears throat> I hate people. Like, I don't hate individual people. Right. I hate the aggregate of what society is You hate is what society is becoming and the hatefulness not in the, society. Exactly. Not, but not actually hating people. It's yeah. not literal. Mm-hmm. And it's that's more, where he went wrong. Yeah, he went too far. Mm-hmm. He went a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if he had just said, I believe that, that useless jobs, useless conformity, the timekeeping is just a way to keep a leash on us. Yeah. And I was like, can, yeah, you got me yeah, there. And we Therefore, can, we should kill all humanity? Right, yeah. Hey, whoa, that whoa, was whoa. where he went. Yeah. That, it, it felt like a Glenn Beck argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, said, I'm agreeing with you, Glenn Beck. Yes, yes, and then jump the shark. Like, right. Wait, wait, yeah. no, no, exactly. no. Exactly. <laughs> he had said, okay, we're going to get rid of the people that are in charge, the people that are making all this happen, and, and let people be. Yeah. But no, he just wanted to kill everyone. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so getting back to Stranger Things. Okay. You know, the reason why I wanted to do a big old two-parter episode of Stranger Things was because um, not only do I love the show, I mean, duh. <laughs> but it was also because I started seeing all the similarities between what we are for and what we care about. We're for mm-hmm. kindness. We're for friendship. We're for being a loving, guiding, caring hand, a healer. And, inclusive of everyone. Yeah. And so everything just fit. The pieces fit. You know, you're talking about the friendship. You're talking about the awkwardness. I talk about being an introvert, being a little bit different, a little bit more awkward. I talk about mental health a lot and good mental health and how to have a good mental health. And I think mental health, honestly, if you guys want to just get to the fucking gist of what good mental health is and how you maintain it, it's a trick. You ready? (laughs) You ready? I need the answer. Tell me. <laughs> a sense of humor, you guys. That, that goes you a long have, way. And, yeah. and knowing that life is a zero-sum game. And what that means is, is that you life isn't fair. 
That's what I was talking about on the last episode. We, we got a little bit into talking about the cultural phenomenon of, of, of shooters and mass shootings and all that terribleness. And yeah, I was just trying to state that it's easy to get caught up in the negative energy and the negative vibes of a negative culture. Garbage in, garbage out. You get into the mindset that you have to protect yourself from rampage killers. You get into the mindset that you have to defend yourself from bullies. You get in the mindset of being afraid of your own shadow. You can't trust the police anymore. You can't trust this. You can't trust that. Lawyers are screwing up the world. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's easy to trick yourself into thinking that there's no good anymore. But no, man, there's plenty of good. But the good comes from people that aren't always going to be good for our mental health. Just because people are going through their own set of circumstances doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad people. And that's what I try to teach as an empath is that just because someone's not like you or doesn't agree with you in every way doesn't mean that they're necessarily your enemy. You know, we have to get into the mindset that just because people are different from us or have different walks of life or different points of view, it doesn't make them the enemy, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. And that's one thing that stranger things does emphasize is that, yeah, these people are in this group. These people are doing this, but that doesn't make them your enemy. They're different, and they might treat you in a certain way, but try to be the bigger person. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, some folks are just crazy, and that's what we're getting from that group of athletes, all those jocks, mm-hmm. Jason and them, is that yeah. he's coming from this Bible-thumping point of view of, like, he saw Eddie in the boat when his friend Patrick died, mm-hmm. and then... His natural conclusion was because D&D, the devil, that that Eddie has magic powers and did it from the boat. (laughs) Are you fucking stupid, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's the kind of the problem I have sometimes with religion is that it everything in your life has to have this bigger than life meaning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, guys, shit means nothing. Sometimes shit just is. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and you have to. You know, really question reality. Really question your heart. Really question the motives of people around you, including that pastor of yours. No offense to religion. It's just that how many times in life have we all been sort of tricked into, into all these awful crimes based on religion a 2000 year war that never ends Mm -hmm. because of religion? Well, and yeah, so. It, they're, they make you think about how, okay, what is actually happening is super crazy. Right. But the same <clears throat> way to think about it is that the devil is possessing someone because of religion and God and D&D games. That's the rational explanation. Yeah. It's just as crazy as what's actually happening. But yeah. that's the same rational well, and there's nothing wrong. You know, we see that a lot in paranormal investigations and in paranormal stuff. In the paranormal realm, as a as a, we try to come at it from a grounded, skeptical, scientific, scientific minded point of view, but we're open minded enough to believe in the possibilities of things. That's just mm-hmm. that's just so that you know you got to have an open mind, but not so open your brain falls out. <laughs> yeah. um, but that open mindedness is so that we don't become too jaded or too set in our ways. Science is is always a placeholder 
for the best explanation until a better explanation, you know, comes to be. And so science is ever evolving, just like we are ever evolving. And so best evidence is always just a placeholder. It's fluid. It's always going to change as better evidence comes about. And so that's what we should be always thinking as a skeptic, at, you know, whether you're religious or not. You know, being religious is fine so long as it's not tricking your mind into shit that's just not there. Yeah. That's the problem. I mm-hmm. mean, can it be harmless? Sure. You want to believe in shit that's not there? Fine. But think about the implications of what it can do exponentially to you and your life and the and the influence you have on others. You know, it's not about, you know, getting rid of belief or getting rid of faith or the goodness of that, that religion can bring community, faith, healing, love, light, all that great stuff. I'm a, I'm a fan, <laughs> but but I, I don't necessarily feel like sometimes I just feel sometimes it's like they're trying to take things that are free. They're trying to create a membership out of like mm-hmm. shit yeah. you can attain yourself. Now I have to go th- to you to get. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that convenient? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as uh, Camille Vasquez would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, it, you know, that's not to say that there aren't good pastors out there. That's not to say that, are, that religion can't teach wonderful values. But I'm just saying anything that goes too far can go too far. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think I've mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, I went to, to vacation Bible school with my friend one summer. And mm-hmm. even as a kid, I remember thinking, so how come this just random dude, only him saying, oh, you're saved, makes yeah. me saved. And I can't just, you know, be a good person and live my life. But this yeah. random dude is the one that has to be the one to say. Well, and why is it random dude is the only dude that did it? No other dudes <laughs> did it. Like, <laughs> I always felt like if we were going to believe that Jesus, the the story, the figure, the legend, if if he was going to be the our Lord and Savior who died for our sins, you know, I always kind of took it like couldn't others also realize that they too are the children of God and therefore could inherently find their magic powers just like Jesus to heal the sick and mm-hmm. provide loaves and fishes. In other words, just like an empath, you realize that you're we're all born with the same equal powers and the same equal ability to use them. It's just a matter of opening ourselves to it. Mm-hmm. And yet now I have to pay a membership for fee for something that I could have gotten at home and yeah. didn't have to go to church on Sunday for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in in other yeah. words, they're trying to make us needy for faith. That, oh, you can only get it over here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like going to the YouTube channel and getting a bunch of free stuff. And now now they're asking you to join their channel when I'm already getting a ton of free shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if hey, more power to it. You want to pay? And I, I think that was kind of partly yeah. what the, the pandemic revealed, that how desperate they are to, to keep the control of people. Because they're the ones like, no, we have to have church. We have to have people at church. We have to. People can't do it at home. They can't. They can't be on their own. Yeah, and it just kind of well, revealed how you realize that it's a commodity yeah. that is relying so they on their, their tax-free mm-hmm. basis, their tax-free yeah. system, and, and 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 I just you know capitalism is capitalism, and when churches go capitalist, I don't know. It just 
it's a little weird for me. That's all. Yeah. I think yep. capitalism isn't always a bad thing. I believe religion isn't always a bad thing. I think plenty of people are doing it right. Plenty of people are doing it well. But think about what happens to capitalism when it's ran by predators and sociopaths. Same thing would happen to the church. It's not that the religion is flawed. It's that the people's interpretation is flawed. And therefore, it makes people susceptible to bad influences. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's what's happening right now with capitalism. What's happening right now with a lot of religion. Right. And that's what I'm saying is don't believe in me. Don't believe in church. Believe in yourself and your own senses. That's what they're there for. Yeah. That's why empaths are powerful because they they have the ability to spot bullshit. They have the ability to spot lies and motives and bad intentions. And they have the ability, frankly, to see people who are supposedly our moral leaders. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they aren't. But we can spot them. We can spot the difference between someone who's coming into something pure of heart and somebody who's coming in with some kind of agenda. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. But getting back to Stranger Things, uh, what are your yes. thoughts in terms of, um, you know, the supernatural elements? What do you think is, you know, do you feel all this stuff could really happen? I really don't. No. But it's kind of like what we've talked about with like cryptids and things, like the belief in something kind of makes if you it believe happen, in it enough, it makes it manifest, it makes, makes it, it real. happen. Yeah, yeah. But I liked the the con- kind of the conclusion of that article that you read a little bit about was that that's kind of what makes it even scarier than just some random evil that's popping up is that it's manifested because of our it's negativity. Our it's evil. our negative right. emotions, our negative feelings and things but at the same time it's balance you have to have good you the have to have bad to the yin right. to the yang the, the, to appreciate the good you have to have some bad to compare it to and it's well that's why that's yeah. why this whole uh one versus eleven thing it's like she's the polar opposite kind of reminds you of neo in the matrix mm-hmm. where it completes yeah. the equation mm-hmm. it's the mirror world yeah opposite Mm-hmm. and equal and opposite yeah you know it is. And she's equal she's the light he's the dark yep yeah and, and they have equal can, powers they do and yep. you experience the negative but then the positive can bring you out of that and it's kind of keeping that balance of not falling into the dark letting enough light come in to not fall into that and allowing good things in your life allowing people into your life it's, it's really it's a lot deeper than it yeah exactly well that's just it when you look at it a loss for words a lot of times you have to look at it you know kind of from that point of view of of don't take it literally take it kind of metaphorically of of these things are manifesting as angst confusion fear mortality depression Mm -hmm. anxiety despair grief all these emotions anger frustration the show is a, is a manifestation or an example, if you will, of life, of life's challenges, of the, of the yeah. human spectrum, of the you, emotional spectrum. Yeah, and if you allow yourself to fall too bad into the negative, you'll end up twisted in Vecna's tree, eternally, like, screaming, it, in, you know, and eternally, it's figurative, it, but, figurative. But it's like you're trapped now because you're trapped in yeah. a mentality. I, you know, yeah. I think... It's kind of like, um, did you ever see that movie with, I think it was, um, hold on, I got to look it up. 
Okay, so the movie's from 1990. It's with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, where Robert De Niro plays a coma, canatonic patient, and then Robin Williams plays the doctor, and then he finds this thing called L-Dopa, which is like this uh, drug to treat Parkinson's, and it wakes them out of their catatonic state. And they've been catatonic for like 10, 15, 20 years or however long, mm-hmm. and then they just come they just come alive. So yeah, the movie's called Awakenings from the yeah, and uh, it just reminded me that you know these comatose patients, you know they they they're just fixed in this state, and then something has to bring them out of it. In yeah. that in that general sense, mm-hmm. I feel like a, people who are alive, people who are just living a bad job, live in a certain type of life. Maybe they have a drug habit. Maybe they have certain coping mechanisms. The point is, is that we all get stuck. In our own yeah. mind, man-made mind prison. For sure, yes. And it do. takes a certain something to get out of it, whether it be spiritual or emotional or chemical, whatever the case might be. But we're all comatose sometimes until something snaps us out of it. And I do believe that normal living—that's why I was like kind of for Creel mm-hmm. until I wasn't. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. like I agree that like conformity and time and timekeeping and and senseless you know jobs constant day in day out the sameness of it all tends to get tedious and it's a form of mind control and it's a form of control over people uh, that kind of over time puts us in a catatonic state of sorts where we stop mm-hmm. caring about things we stop caring about ourselves and we stop I don't know, thinking for ourselves, And after a while, we grow comatose. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just kind of reminded me yeah, of that because mm-hmm. I do feel like people grow numb. People get catatonic after a while. Uh, they, they might look alive, but they're dead inside. And it takes mm-hmm. a certain something to trigger that, some catalyst to trigger them out of this state they're in, whether it be depression, whether it be PTSD. Yeah. I'm not saying that you know, they're completely healed. But a lot of times when you're on the wrong path emotionally or energetically, uh, it takes a certain something spiritual to get them on the right track. And that is why religion offers something that a lot of things don't offer, is that it's offering hope, but it's also offering this pre-built construction of spirituality for you. Here Mm -hmm. you go. Just do it the way we do it. Right, yeah. And that's fine if it works for you. I'm just the kind of person where I'm saying, hey, just because you're religious, that's fine. If it works for you, great. But but I have my own way of interpreting life and interpreting spirituality, and it doesn't involve that. And I'm sorry, no disrespect. Equal but different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, no. But I think the the mental health and emotional implications of the show, the, the supernatural powers of the show are, are all you know, demonstrative of the human condition and our conditioning to a world that is, frankly, trying to own and rule us, trying to control us, trying to get us to conform. And then we all then think we're broken. And then that's where we become susceptible to Mm -hmm. influences like Christianity, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Yeah susceptible to things in general i mean yeah. yeah it just leaves you in a state where you're just you are vulnerable and you are hurting and well, that's why i disagree because i feel like in order for religion to to take 
for some people. They have to inherently not believe in themselves or they inherently have to feel like it was their fault or that they're somehow broken or that some demon is whispering in their ear. And now, hey, if religion works for you, great. I'm not, that's not the point. The point is not to, 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 to ridicule people who are doing it right or getting it right or getting something from it. Yeah. The point is, is that you are not in a position to judge me just because I want to do it different. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I loved about Stranger Things is that the thing that brought Max out of it was her friends. And yeah. It was love and it was friendship. Love and it was and just life. purity, friendship. pure yeah. friendship. And that was that was the thing. It wasn't a religion. It well, wasn't a societal thing. It was just Yeah. Yeah. People. Well exactly. And the point of this show is not to bash religion. No, no, far from it. Um love, light, all great stuff. I think Jesus is a cool cat. Whether he's real or not, I don't know. You know, I always wanted to see a story, a movie done about Jesus' life. I don't want to see the last three days of your life where you were crucified. Fuck that shit. I want right. to see him as a carpenter, a cool cat doing his thing, Build, finding these disciples, living his life, collecting these people, and, and then healing and doing all these great things. They've never done it right. No. Why would I want to focus on all the awful parts? Because that's what they want to focus on. And, yeah. Seems weird. It is weird. Seems that's, creepy to me. That's why but I, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I have two things left, and we're going to be done. Um, so so first, and you tell me which one we should do first. So I want to talk about what the mind flare might be. It seems to be that the mind flare is the master controller of the upside down. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what the mental health implications, what that represents. Let's and then, do that. Huh? Let's just do that. Let's do that. All right. So what is the mind flare, babe? I think the mind flare is just the aggregate, the the centuries. The collective of conscience, the, I used to call it. Yeah, the centuries of, of bad, of it's bad the center. thoughts it's and the, bad feelings yeah. and just all of the so negativity. It's the con- congregation of it's all like the, the bad juju yeah, and energy. It's like the black hole of negativity yeah. in the middle of good, the upside down. Good way down. of putting it. Yeah. yeah. And so, do you... And so the mind flare is is that big creature. Do you feel mm-hmm. like every time somebody dies that it gets bigger? It it, it takes its yeah. energy. I think yeah. I think the energy of the grief and the sadness and the anger just kind of all it just sucks it all up. So maybe yeah. in season five, since we know it's the last episode, maybe the mind flare will be destroyed, and all the people like Barb and all the folks that died will, you know, their just energy will be go. released. Yeah. They're no longer mm-hmm. in torment. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think cool. That's a possibility. Whether you're yeah. religious or not, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I respect that aspect. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not, you know, I don't disrespect this idea that, because I do believe that a ghost or a spirit could get trapped. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. it at the Lamb House. It It's a real thing. Yeah. Whether it goes to heaven or whether it just passes on to a better place is irrelevant to the greater point that energy can congregate, mm-hmm. energy can get trapped. And energy, you know, can yeah. be taken hostage and yeah. then it's released. And that's what's so cool about the paranormal is that we're trying to pass these spirits on. You don't have to be here anymore. You're done. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Move and on I to think better like things. The, the introduction of Vecna is he's just, they, they described him as maybe like his lieutenant or something. He's just the one that helps. He can lock on to people in the real world 
and convince them of he's things. He's that conduit and he's, between worlds. Right? And he's yeah. he's bringing them in and then setting them up in their trees with the hive mind and the, the vines the and everything. He's the one that's psychically feeding, coming into our world. feeding the mind flare and then, with all and, of that. And, and drawing people mm-hmm. to it. To so the who cause. knows? There might be a Vecna for every town, every city. Yeah. That's just bringing all this negativity in and it's all converging into the mind flare. Yeah. I so. bet you at the end of these last two episodes, we'll see some huge, like... Yeah, like every maybe. city has one or yeah, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> that just popped into my head. But yeah, like yeah. They, I mean, why would it just exist in Hawkins? It could be maybe not as dramatic in other cities. Maybe well, it's waiting in other have cities. Have one in, in Canada because they're all so nice. There. <laughs> 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 but they still feel sad sometimes. So you know, that's true. That's that's true. But yeah, but uh, is it enough to create an upside down? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Do you not think sure. in in in, in uh, the upside down in Canada? It's like it's like like. Because it's already cold there, and they're always so friendly. Like, they're like, hey, hey we're in the Upside Down, eh? <laughs> I don't know. I'm being stupid. Right. But, um, yeah, so the Mind Flare, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a collection. It's kind of like, you know, Freddy Krueger or any mythos where the, the it, he's collecting souls. That's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It's collecting souls, Negativity and it makes it more is. powerful, and, yeah. get, and, and it becomes a part of the collective, and they have to, you know, defeat it so that all those souls get set free mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think so. works like for that. me i yeah, hope it happens right. <laughs> <laughs> um and then lastly i just wanted to end the show today and by the way good job very thoughtful conversation um that's what this show is all about it's just eh, it's a mind experiment just to yeah. you know for, for the sake of mental health for the sake of fun just to you know talk about all this but um the last thing i want to talk about really is uh you know frankly um how the mental health and the emotional health, uh, uh, you know, what can we learn and derive from the show in terms of, because we all relate to all these characters in different ways. They all represented, you know, a certain part of us. We all have an inner achiever. We all have an inner stoner. We all have an inner, uh, you know, guilt like Max or guilt like Hopper. Um, at the end of the day, that's what this show's, that's what makes it so fun because we all can relate to all these characters. I believe, I think we all have a favorite, but then we all, you know, we relate at the end of the day because it's nostalgic and we relate because frankly, we're all human and we all live on that emotional spectrum. Speak on that a little bit, please. Like, yeah, I think that is why so many people, it resonates with so many people because it is relatable. It's, Mm -hmm. it's real and it's human and, We like you said, we all see little parts of ourselves in each of the characters. So yeah. that's what makes it so great. And that's what makes it I think people can derive good from it because you it just helps you realize like you're not alone. Just kind of like what I hope we're doing is you're you're not alone. Other people experience this stuff. There's somebody that can help you. You can reach out. There's there's hope. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. kind of what the whole thing speaks to. Yeah. And I think if you feel hopeless that you have to have a sense of humor about life, and you have to realize that um, life is not all one way. You, it might feel at the time when you're living with your parents that it's my way or the highway. It might feel in our society that society is informing us that there's only one right way to do things, but that's we're learning is bullshit. And the people who, who teach us that there's only one way of doing things, uh, it's because they're trying to control people. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're trying to trick people. They're trying to use people. And so Mm -hmm. 
at the end of the day, I mean, that's what this show is all about. It's about accepting your your weirdness, accepting your inner shyness, accepting your inner nerd, but also being an achiever when you can, when you're feeling whole, when you're feeling right. Um, how do we, babe, um, how do we become all those archetypes in one? Because, I mean, that's what really it's about. Um, it's kind of like Greek theater. There's an archetype for every emotion and there's mm-hmm. an archetype figure for everything that we feel and experience in life. Just speak in generalities about how one can, who's going through a struggle, whether it's an extreme struggle or just a everyday struggle, how can people nowadays and young people nowadays and bully culture and the politics of craziness and all the hate out there in the world how can we arrive at a place really of good mental health and, and you know from judging from you know the from stranger things and that archetype of behavior mm-hmm. well it's hard but just realize that everybody's going through something there's people you can talk to there's people you can relate to there is someone out Learn there. Learn to roll your yeah. eyes at weird people. Learn to roll your eyes at authoritarians. I think yeah, we, we get tricked into thinking that we're weak when we're not. And we get yeah. tricked into thinking our parents are going to own us and rule us forever. And then one day you're like free of it. And you're like, huh. Mm-hmm. Remember when I used just, to think that they had such mastery over yeah, me? Yeah, just realize that things that you're down in, when you're down in something, you feel like it's never going to end and there yeah. is no hope. And there it's not is. true. Yeah, it's not true. There well, that's is. why I tell people, try to be as grounded as possible because, you know, when you start thinking that, you know, you, you know, you have Satan or supernatural forces working against you, it just makes it 10 times worse. Yeah. No it's like, you're, why would a 17-year-old or a 25-year-old or some young person, why would a young person have Satan or demons themselves interested in you? And why on earth would you have such a guilt trip because... One time you masturbated or whatever, you know, like it just the guilt and the shame and they rely on it. They rely on that guilt and shame to control us through trying to be good people. You know, like I said, that any movement that tries to capitalize on good emotions like patriotism and and love and, and, and hard work, they're trying to capitalize on our good traits so that they can infiltrate us into bad traits. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Trojan horse yeah. maneuver, mm-hmm. and that's what cults do. That's what bad political parties and bad political affiliations do. That's what militia groups do. That's what cults do. That's what any extremist behavior does. Is they try to capital. Oh, I see you're powerful. They they first they oh I recognize you're different. You're not like the other ones, and then they flatter you, and then pretty soon they they rule you. You know. Yeah. Definitely. And so, so when you believe in all these supernatural things that may or may not really be there, um, it's you know, if you can use, you know, our belief in the paranormal, it's 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 for fun. When it starts ruining our mental health, we back away from it. You know, mm-hmm. you want to talk on that a little bit? Well, it's just like becoming obsessive with anything. Yeah, it's not good for you. So just kind of <laughs> take a break. Balance. Balance. Have, <laughs> have different interests. Have yeah. different things that you can jump from one to the other to the next to the next and yeah exactly just don't obsess on any one thing or right. and that can re- that can be in any aspect of your life i agree yeah so. yeah um so we're pretty much done you got anything else for us babe Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> she is done <laughs> no i think we uh we talked about a lot 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it you made know, me think about some new things. Right. Well, that's what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mind experiment. It's not to hurt anyone. It's not to uh, poke holes in other people's belief systems. It's just to say, think for yourself, you guys, and come to your own conclusions on what you want in life. Don't think you have to do it one way. If you like Christianity and it's working for you, great. Fuck, yeah. Go for it, man. Um, for me, I, I grew out of it because I was starting to have mental health problems from it because it was starting to make me obsess about hell, obsess about my grandparents, obsess about death even. And I was like, eh, can't live in that world, man. And, and that same goes for the paranormal, though, too is that paranormal can make you think about death a lot, can make you think about the afterlife a lot. And after a while, if you spend every waking second hoping for death or wishing for death or waiting for death or waiting for the afterlife or just obsessing on ghosts in this in the ghost world, um, oftentimes we don't live in that real world. And that's exactly what Max found herself in, is not living day-to-day in the real world. She was yeah, trapped. She was trying to escape it. She was trying to escape it, but the world that she was creating was worse mm-hmm. than than just being with her friends. Yeah. Because she, I don't know, she went to extremes. What do you think that was? That was just her going into herself too deeply. And, yeah. And, and finding her own demons, if you will. Yeah, exactly. That's and when she found her demons, she found out it was Vecna. Yeah, and just feeling things letting herself get consumed by the negativity and not looking up She's yeah. looking inward too much and not looking outward and well, up a little bit. And we introverts, we introspective mm-hmm. people have to be careful not to get lost in our yeah. own world of ourself because it's, yeah. it's not, and I don't mean that in selfish terms. I just mean when you introvertize too, too much. Um, yeah. You, 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 you get so hyper-focused and hyper-serious, and then, yeah, you lose all those connections to your real friends and the real life and the real world. And that's why I say, whether you're religious or not, or whether you're into the paranormal or not, or whether you're an empath or not, anybody in this world, whatever your interests are, wherever your interests lie, make sure you're doing regular stuff from time to time. Balance it, because if you stay in that spirit realm too much, you will obsess on ghosts. You will obsess on death. You will obsess on the occult, and it can screw you up after a while. So you really have to know not to evoke those spirits and evoke that realm because one day you might accidentally conjure up some there. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But it, but it's all for mental health balance, don't mm-hmm. you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, thank you. Good good job. Yeah. Yep. Fun stuff. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you guys. Definitely fun stuff. So this is going to be a two-parter. We're going into the two hours and 30-hour mark. But, uh, you guys, we've got one last episode for you guys for the season. I'm going to take a little hiatus. In the meantime, look out for my YouTube channel. We're going to be doing on the hiatus some paranormal review videos. You'll get to look at us and see us and hang out. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But, yeah. uh yeah, it'll be fun. And then, uh, yeah, the next episode, I don't know. I don't know because I wanted to have you on it, but I'll have to think on that. But uh, I wanted to do that, the, the, the politics of hate, the culture of hate, bullying and, and gaslighting. That was going to be an episode. I kind of wanted you to be in it, but I know you have a big week next week. Big so week next week, yeah. we'll play it by Aaron C. But um, thanks, you guys. We'll let you know. Come on over to my social media. I'll let you know what I'm thinking about. And uh, I'll let you know what the next topic's going to be and get in on the conversation. I am at Surviving Empathy Podcast. That's Surviving, period, Empathy, period, podcast. And where are you, babe? 
spooky nerdy gal. Yes, sir, Bob. So thanks, thanks, hon. Good, good conversation. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Anyways, thanks you guys, and uh, yeah, uh, I hope you guys are having a good one out there. Uh, this is all about good mental health, good emotional health, and balance. You guys, balance. You gotta live your life with skill and excitement and fun. Don't get too hyped up. Don't get too involved in seriousness. Take it easy from time to time. You've got to relax. you got to enjoy your life. That's what this is all about. Thanks, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.